Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. I'm Rebecca Hayden, your host. And today with me, we have Mitch Schultz, uh, who directed the film, The Spirit Molecule. And he also produced a new documentary called um, From Shock to Awe. Welcome, Mitch. Hi, Rebecca, thanks for having me. And um, you were telling me that this is recently released, is uh, From Shock to Awe out there? Where can people Correct. get hold of it? Yeah, we just we just launched digitally on iTunes, Amazon, and, and Google Play and Vimeo uh, October twenty second. So, after a good year run of festivals and some community screenings, we have it out there and ready to see what the world thinks about it. Wonderful. So, um, tell me a little bit about uh, what led to you um, making this this next film, this new film. Sure. Well, I mean, I will give most of this to my colleagues. They, um, Janine and Luke, uh, Luke was a director and Janine producer. I was put in touch with them through a mutual friend of ours uh, back in probably 2015. I can't believe it's been that long at this point. And um, my friend just said, hey, you should meet these folks. They're working on this, uh, developing this new project. And I think you guys would have some synergy. And we got together in Austin, Texas, where I'm from, and just completely hit it off. I love their approach. And, you know, for them, they had both come across ayahuasca and alternative medicines. And then they started looking at the issues of PTSD and, and particularly with uh, war trauma and veterans coming back home. Right. Uh, having some very difficult times. And they said, hey, just talked a lot about what we should do, what we can't do, what we, you know, what are the overall aims. And then about two years later, they, they hit me back up and said, we've got a film. That's wonderful. <laughs> so we started just putting, you know, kind of finishing touches on it, coming up with our, our plan to get it out to the world. And um, here we are. That's wonderful. And the response has been great so far, I imagine. It really has. Um, it's been amazing just to take them out to these community screenings. I, um, I've worked on a lot of other projects. And, and this one particularly, it's interesting that I don't ever hear a negative comment about this film. And, and I think that's in relation to how Luke shot and, and cut the film. It's a very humanistic approach. Um, didn't think that he needed all the experts in there trying to explain what's happening in the mind. and just wanted to get a sense of what these two veterans and their families were going through on a very personal level. That's um, beautiful. So that's really what has kind of transpired. And I think that makes a big difference in how people respond. Cause I think people can empathize with that, whether they've gone through it or know somebody else that has. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, we're starting to move towards that more humanistic approach with, with many things. We're starting to get it. If you want to reach a large audience, you know, you, you have to put yourself in their shoes. And a lot of us aren't scientific experts, you know, <laughs> and, right. and trusting this cloud of information that comes at you and sounds terribly impressive has not always worked out in the past, right? <laughs> So, um, yeah, I really, truly appreciate that approach. And um, I, I think that a lot of people who are working with ayahuasca, a lot of us discover that we all have a measure of trauma, some degree of it. And sometimes it's really unexpected things from childhood. But um, the war vets, that's the perfect storm, isn't it? It really is. It's, um, it's really kind of combining kind of what's been underground or counterculture for, for many, many years, and particularly in this country, middle America, 
and bringing these two very traditionally opposed views kind of together. Um, yeah, I think people that are looking for answers out there because just traditional therapies and our pharmaceutical industries have not been helping. And so people just want some sort of relief. There is trauma that's prevalent all over. Um, and it's not just the war vets. It's, it's from top to bottom, uh, not just in this country, but around the world. And as more and more of this is starting to come to the surface, um, we need some other, other options. Um, these things are not for everybody, but yes, they definitely offer some relief for people and give you a different perspective. Yeah, I, I, I agree that it's not for everybody. And, um, you know, I'm sure I've made it clear in the past, but uh, I always like to reiterate that, that, you know, this show is not an elaborate advertisement for ayahuasca. It's, I, I hope that by the time people have listened to a number of shows, they realize how serious it is and what a huge commitment it is. And it's a lifelong commitment because it stays with you sometimes in very prominent ways, <laughs> um, which is a good thing for up. some of us, right? <laughs> exactly, yes. Um, so you were mentioning divergent views. What did you mean by that? Can you get into that a little bit? Well, some of the stuff that uh, I've been looking at over the last seven years, roughly, uh, with a colleague of mine in Australia, um, is some research done by a gentleman named Claire W. Graves, who, who has since passed on, but was looking at human development. And most of the theories that were out there, the models, Maslow's hierarchies and others, would have you develop as a human being from, from an infant into adulthood, about seven different stages of different development. And, and that development is also what we could call paradigms or ways of viewing the world. And dependent on whatever anybody's life condition is, anywhere around the world, it's gonna have a strong impact on how we see the world, how we interact, how we are in relationships, how we look at government, religion, the whole slew of human emotion and everything in between. Mm -hmm. um, and what Claire W. Graves found was that as complexity grows on the planet, um, humans will adapt to have more coping capacity. And that mo more coping capacity also opens up broader and broader worldviews, paradigms, um, not only of self, but also of the entire planet and, and even universe. And so that, that fits in when you start to have altered state experiences to really getting right in there and hacking that paradigm pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and ayahuasca is a, a great example of that. I think there are many common experiences and messages that come across during that time. And whether that's about understanding our, our deep connection to the planet uh, and our place here, understanding ourselves, um, and then understanding the different layers of our humanity. Mm -hmm. When you can peel those back, start to understand that there's kind of this core being at the, at the base of that. And, and some people want to call that just pure love, and it, it has that that feeling, if you will. Um, but we start to see that all of this other stuff stacked on top of that are just layers, layers yeah. of energy, story, um, religion, politics, family, and again, everything that kind of constitutes being a human being. Right. And um, we talk about 
integration often, which is the process that takes place after ayahuasca, where we try to um, find a way to take all this great knowledge and understanding and healing and, and apply it to our lives and live, live that, that difference that that experience made. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, a big part of that is, is changing our worldview. I mean, we know it's changed because when we're in this altered state, we, uh, many of us get to see the world in a different way and get to experience, you know, life in a different way. And then it's a matter of op- and opening up. Um, Dr. Dr. Rachel Harris, I had her on the show, and she did a study about um, uh, people after ayahuasca and trying to find the commonalities. And the one um, big commonality that, that existed within everybody that they studied after ayahuasca was they were more open and they could actually mm-hmm. measure that. Yeah. So that underscores the importance of being open. <laughs> and I think that that's what allows us to see the world in different ways. Um, and is that what you found with, with the people that, um, that you have followed and, and studied in, in the course of your work? Absolutely. Um, and even on a personal level, and, and that integration is huge because when you so drastically change that worldview, or at least get a glimpse into different ways of looking at things, coming back into our normal day-to-day reality and, and just our normal life, um, it's kind of like updating your software system on your computer and then you find that there are different kind of glitches or little things that are going wrong with other pieces of software trying to integrate with that. Um, it, uh, it takes some time to kind of work out those bugs and those kinks a little bit, mm-hmm. um, have this broad opening. How do you put that back into your normal day-to-day life? And, and sometimes that can be quite challenging. Um, when sure. you, you start talking to other folks about this that have not gone through this, um, it can sound a little alarming or a little strange, a little new agey, uh, any number of things. But once we start to understand that, we fully are connected. Um, it changes the way that we walk around. It changes the way that we communicate, and um, it uh, it makes a big difference to have that. I think a lot of times, there, you know, initially, anyways, there's a big rush. Everybody wanted to go try this. It was like the next best thing, and some ways. <laughs> but, uh, it Surprise. also came. Back, oh no! I have to put this back to work. You know. <laughs> yeah, I have to put myself back together. Really. Yeah. Um, and particularly with the with the gentleman and even the families uh, in the film from shock to odd you can only I've never gone through war but to hear the descriptions of what they had to go through see experience and do um, I, I wouldn't wish on anybody um, of course. and then have to come back and deal with that within a family environment and, and trying to get a job or just be a, a you know a normal day-to-day human being mm-hmm. they're trained to kill you know right. it's that simple and taking that level of trauma and atrocity and reworking that I, I couldn't have imagined a better way to kind of go about this actually because it, it has kind of the complete opposites right um, but they have absolutely done it and and i'm not saying that you know they'll even say this matt, matt and mike it's still challenging at times. Sure. There's still things that come up, um, but they're still here, and they're not thinking about suicide on a daily basis. Yeah, loving their families, they're thinking about hanging out with their children, um, and that's 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 really huge. I can't think of a pharmaceutical that has done that. 
Yeah, I don't think there is. And I don't know if we really want that, do we? Because I think that what I've discovered anyway, and a lot of people have confirmed this, is that ayahuasca really wants us to do our own work too. She, um, as you know, a lot of us refer to it as she. Mm. Um, but this medicine wants us to, uh, to see our capacities too and to use them in that direction. They just give us a really good start. It does. And the other thing is, I think it shows that we have that innate ability within us. Yes. And it's not something that we have to go seek out necessarily. And we have to, I mean, it's nice to have support and, and help. At the same time, I think we have that, that innate ability to heal ourselves and we know exactly what we need. Uh, we just have to get out of our own way to do it. It's the only issue. And that yeah. can be a challenge as well. Yeah, this is true. Like we, we do have a GPS system for our lives inside mm -hmm. of us, right? Right, right? And they're just showing us, hey, look, it's there, you know, and all we have to do is get the layers of, um, of wounds and, and all of these other, you know, things that are in the way. We just need to heal them and get them out of the way and agree to do that. Sometimes we're hanging on to stuff we don't even know. That's it. And yep. the open part, I think, helps with that. Because if we don't know, we've got to open up to the understanding of, of these things so that we can move on from them, you know. Mm -hmm. And there are so many layers there that we are unaware. The mind is very good at, at taking you know, particularly very deep trauma and hiding them in the, in the dark corner. We're not going to even know that they're there. Um, however, right. at the same time, they're still ruling our lives. They're still causing us um, additional traumas and issues with relationships. And we don't know why. Yeah. But then ayahuasca will open that up. It's like, oh, that's what that is. And, yeah. and that can be quite alarming, uh, for sure. It's, it also gives us an opportunity to be a little less judgmental of others. You know, <laughs> when we start to see behind this veil and we see that, you know, we all have this stuff and it comes out in different ways for different people. It's like, oh, okay, that's what that is coming at me, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're right. Having some compassion because everybody really is just coming to the table with what they know and have gone through up to that point in their lives. Um, yeah that slightest bit of empathy it really makes a world of difference in in how we go through the world it does and when we see our own stuff too like the more compassionate we become with ourselves the more compassionate mm -hmm. we can become with others and yeah it all works and it yeah. creates a great soup to live in <laughs> um but you're mentioning the layers and and us ayahuasca helping us get through that and afterwards, there are many tools out there that we can work with. Like we have to agree to kind of seek them out. But inside, we'll know what, what resonates with us. And some of those tools help do that same thing, like um, help us to see how capable we are. It proves, you know, that point. Have you ever worked with any tools in your integrative process? Have you ever worked with anybody else who has successfully? I mean, I think a lot of what starts to happen as you look for these other tools or devices to kind of fill in the gaps and also set up some kind of regularity in life. Um, it's kind of kind of reworking that sound system, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, whether that be meditation, um, exercise, um, any number of things that can just allow you to um, reconnect with that moment even though you you know it's not necessarily a full psychedelic experience um it's just the pause it's the um, just the sense of being as opposed to letting the mind just kind of run free and wild yeah uh, 
bringing it kind of back to the core. And again, if that's just meditation or just getting some exercise, uh, those can play a big role in in kind of continuing that process. Um, Because again, it's not always, it's not always easy to put that stuff into practice. Um, right. hold, you always hold on to those experiences of ayahuasca. Like, oh, that was so amazing. At the same time, it was like, oh. Uh, but it is an important part of it, and it and really helps with that integration process, as you were saying. Sure, yeah. I mean, it shows us where we could be at, too. Um, that's always important to know what we're shooting for. <laughs> right. But I mean, there's tons of other tools, like there's breath work. Um, there's sound therapy. Um, I do hypnosis and there's as many tools I think as there is like different sorts of problems to solve or layers to go through. And you know, what I recommend is people to trust what, what resonates with them. Um, but sometimes these things are surprising. And I think that the power that they have has to do with our intentions and, uh, and our commitment to it. You know, I'm going to use this tool and this is what I intend to accomplish with it. And I think that, you know, all of them can really do amazing things when you come at it from that perspective. Yeah. And the other thing I think that you just touched on there is that ayahuasca helps you get in touch what we really, what, with what we really want and, and what really resonates with us. Um, a lot of times I don't think we, are always in touch with that and we, we tend to fight against that. But um, it opens us up enough to know ourselves a little bit better and also to trust ourselves to say, hey, this is what resonates with me. This, this is working, this may not be. Um, and and it becomes a little clearer, I think, when you go through these experiences because of, of knowing yourself just a little bit more and, and trusting yourself a little bit more. Oh yeah, that's huge. That, mm-hmm. that is huge. I mean, most of the time we're really working against ourselves and that's what creates all the friction in our lives and the difficulties. Um, but it's a process, right? <laughs> it's an unfolding one for, like you said, the rest of your life. This is not something that you do and it's over. It's a, it is a process and a commitment. I remember you um, describing um, one of the, the guys in the film that he was having difficulty with uh, anxiety and he was going through uh, in his mind the experiences that he had um, when he was at war. And mm. I think that a lot of us um, come out of ayahuasca with this capacity to be aware of our thoughts, you know, to be able to observe them. Right, right. It's kind of like stepping outside of yourself um, and, and being an observer of almost another person, but it's, it, you know it's still you as opposed yeah. to the thoughts and the, and the words just kind of coming out of your mouth. There is a sense of separation, and I think that's that widening um, that ayahuasca and other psychedelics can bring, uh, where we can step outside of what we know as self or I. Yeah. We're able to do that. We can evaluate, you know, our behaviors. We can evaluate the patterns that make us who we are, um, and then alter those. We're not driven and don't have to be driven by who we are, quote unquote. Um, it, It is much bigger than that. And just that slightest bit of stepping outside of ourselves can be quite amazing. Yeah, it's a very powerful thing. And, um, and then, you know, of course, with that comes the choice of whether or not we participate in those thoughts. You know, you have that window of opportunity. And if you're really triggered, you might just go right into it and, and start to live in those thoughts. And, uh, and I think that this is what 
has a lot to do with how our lives unfold, how much we participate in those thoughts and our beliefs. Because, I mean, this is a great focus of ayahuasca, so it's hard not to see the relationship between those things, those thoughts that we have, and where we live in our minds, and then what takes, takes place around us. Yeah, and also just being a little easier on ourselves. Um, you know, I think a lot of time there's, there's shame and there's a lot of almost hate for ourselves because of some of the things that people have gone through and, and yeah. you know, I've experienced that myself. But then going through that um, is also giving yourself a little bit of you know, leeway and a little bit of love to say, you know what, it's okay. Um, I'm human and I've gone through this, but this isn't going to define me. I'm going to... I can go out and do some other things. And so, yeah, having that awareness, but then also just giving yourself a hug, so to speak, of uh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, treating ourselves the way that we hope the world treats us, right? Absolutely. Everybody wants to be treated with respect and love. And I, you know, if we can do that for ourselves personally, gosh, it would be a different world. Yeah. And we see that reflection. A lot of uh, spiritual beliefs talk about this, the reflection of... Um, and, and this is something I learned early on from ayahuasca was this responsiveness of the world to us. So whatever state we're in, that's what we're going to experience around us. And, you know, we now see that we've got a high rate of depression, anxiety, and all the rest of it. And, well, looks what's going on in the world, you know. <laughs> yeah. There is some relationship there, uh, cause and effect. But I, I think that how ayahuasca seems to present it to us all the time. All those things that we think have power outside of ourselves, you know, like um, uh, just circumstances, institutions, governments, all the rest of it. You know, we, we, we have these ideas of, of where power lies and ayahuasca is, is teaching us that, you know, focusing within is the most powerful thing we can do, you know, and with love, right? Mm -hmm. that's a very different way of approaching the world than most of us are taught right absolutely and i think a lot of times we don't even, <clears throat> even not even that we're i guess we're taught that but at the same time even the people that are teaching it are unaware of it as well so it's uh the, the fact that we are co-creating our own reality with others and the entire planet and beings on it um, I think we're just starting to kind of fully understand as, as, a, as a dominant paradigm on the planet. There's um, kind of a relativistic approach to like, well, if I do this, it's going to have an impact with somebody over here. And then just imagine that magnified billions and billions and astronomical times right. of what those different interactions are doing. Um, you know, it becomes mind-blowing and a little, a little overwhelming, but it's, it's really kind of starting at the core, as you were saying, back to your own person and instead of pushing off or pushing people away or reacting to a, to a situation, you know, you learn that you can walk the other way. You might be able to say something a little differently. Um, sure. and, and those things can have a big, make a big difference, not, again, just on yourself, but with the other people that you're in contact with. Yeah, and just, um, just where you're at, that atmosphere in your mind has an impact. You know, not mm -hmm. only on ourselves, but um, on those around us. It's like an atmosphere that uh, this is when you get on an energetic level. And uh, these are, you know, some of the things that came out of it for me is uh, the state that somebody is in is, is, is dictating their reality. Because I, I, mean, I asked ayahuasca straight up. I had that whole dialogue thing. And, you know, is it possible to 
you know, determine the nature of reality. And, and the response was your reality is due to your state. So yeah. this is why this inner state of ours is, is so important. And that's why the focus just continually comes back to that. Because if we're constantly, you know, and, and giving your power away, I mean, I'm sure you've come across this concept as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I like the way you said the atmosphere because that, you know, if you have a lot of things going on in the mind and internally or, you know, within your own life and you're letting those, you know, rain clouds build up and the winds blowing around, that that is going to impact what's going on um, with everything around you. And people pick up on it without even really knowing it. You may not even have to say a word, um, mm -hmm. but just walking into a location, somebody's going to pick up on that. Um, and sure. it can make a big difference. So, Yeah. And recognizing, like, uh, you know, for me, a lot of it has been understanding the atmosphere that I lived in when I was a child, when I was young. Yes. And that becomes our home base, you know, and it's as much as we want to shift it, it takes work, you know, even if it's an unpleasant state, we're familiar with it. And there was a lot of work for me initially to start to recognize the difference between what's truly comfortable and healthy and what's familiar. You know, I'd gravitate towards something because it was familiar in my mind and not realizing that it was unhealthy. And yeah, it took a lot of work to, to separate that out. But uh, this is where the whole focus has been. And all of this, when you go into ayahuasca with, uh, I want to change my life, you know, and we're thinking, of these external things, you know, my job, my relationship, all right. of those things, right? And ayahuasca says, okay, let's focus on you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's a big statement in itself of what, how we're generating our own reality, right? Absolutely, and, and you can see that clearly, I think, in, in From Shock to Awe with these two veterans, um, you know, really kind of facing death, not just in battle and war, but after they come home and trying to deal with all that. In the internal struggle, you can see it on their face, you can see their brows burrow, their eyes, um, and imagining what's going on within that and then how that's affecting the family environment and what that's doing to the kids, you know? It's yes. It's the same thing over and over again. And I don't think anybody wants to pass that stuff on to the next generation. Um, no. Or to any one of their loved ones. Uh, at the same time, that's what they have going on. Yeah. And after that first ayahuasca experience, um, particularly Mike, but both, both Matt and Mike, um, the next morning, the, the face looks completely different. There's a smile on it. There's glowing eyes. It's relaxed. They're, yep. they're <laughs> having a good time. It's like, whoa, what, what the hell just happened? <laughs> uh, Who knew it could be like I, I give that to Luke. He did a really nice job of being able to capture that because I don't think it's an easy thing to capture on film. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm so glad because, you know, those of us who've been there, it's what you want to share too. It's, it's the part you want to share. You don't want to share all the throwing up and all the rest of it because <laughs> from the outside, no one will really see what that's, what that's truly about. They'll see the outer stuff and they won't see what's going on inside. I had a horrible night of throwing up and the next day people were saying to me, oh God, poor you, you know, and I said, oh, you have no idea how satisfying that was. You know, <laughs> sometimes thing, those can be the best experiences right like, oh, oh god yeah god. it's like <laughs> bring it on I, I knew what was inside of me and what i was getting rid of and i was grateful every time i was able to release that stuff so 
it, it's just different. So on film, it's limited. It's it's great. I mean, I, I I've made documentaries, so I I get it. And yeah. I love um, that whole experience of, of discovering these things and sharing it with an audience. But there are some things that take place inside, and uh, and it's great that you captured that afterwards because all too many. Um, all too often in the media, especially because there's this new fascination with ayahuasca, and at the outset, there's some pretty provocative sounding things. Oh my God, it makes people throw up, blah, blah, blah. This shamanic stuff nobody really gets. And yeah, you can make a lot of it in a negative direction. And of course, people unfortunately have, but they don't see that other side and capturing that the, the nuanced expression of this person who's just come to the other side of it, you know? That's beautiful. Being you able see to it share directly. That. You see it right away. And I'm so glad that uh, Luke made that decision not to try to come up with the crazy visuals or show what was going on. Um, the most important part was how these guys were afterwards. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, ultimately it would be interesting to delve into that. I can, I can tell you that I've thought about that myself. There are some sure. aspects of this experience, but that would be a whole different film. You know what I mean? It Absolutely. would. Yeah. It would just be a very different film. <laughs> um, but I have this, this dialogue continuing for me. I think I've mentioned that to you and I've, I've told my story and people do know that. And so when I have that storm inside and mm -hmm. those thoughts start to arise, I also have ayahuasca kicking in and saying, don't participate. <laughs> you have a choice here. You have a choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and not always, you know. And sometimes I'll find myself just really investing heavily, and 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 you know, she'll either pull me back or I'll remember, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's not. Sometimes I have to just you know sink or swim, but a lot of times the voice kicks in and just says, "Don't participate." You know, you have a choice, and mm -hmm. and and it's available to all of us. Yeah. So, and that's the nice thing of being able to have that even after you've gone through these experiences, just to have those little reminders. And that's what starts to happen. And you may fall into some challenging times. Things are going to come up in life. And it's easy to kind of snap back into those moments. Um, but to, to get that little reminder or just a pause for a second um, can make the world a difference. Are you going to keep going down this road or are we going to be able to shift that over and keep you above the fray, so to speak? Yeah, to give yourself that room. And I, I should mention that, you know, you're right, like a lot of people have walked away with this continued relationship. In fact, I believe we all have that, that possibility or, you know, that reality. Um, but you got to work it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, and that is part of it. This is not a kind of a one-way thing where you just go and it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, it is work, and again, a commitment. Because uh, how do you bring this stuff back? It's not—it's not easy. Uh, at the same time, it can be very, very rewarding. So sure, and, and it is a lot of work. I remember at the beginning, I had that attitude. It's like, uh, oh, great, I got this voice. So you know, and I—I I went through some challenges, and I'm like, well, why don't you just like fix me, like do me, you know? <laughs> and the well, voice you said, you're going to do yourself. <laughs> And yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, we've got to heal ourselves and we'll get lots of help if we agree to do it. Again, there's tools, there's intention, there, there's the focus, right, on that instead of letting the outside world dominate everything.
Yes. Understanding those reactions and giving yourself that space, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned children, and uh, that's been a big journey for me too, is um, being aware of you know how that plays out with my son, and he's 10 now, but ayahuasca has been part of our lives for, yeah, well over five years. In fact, plant medicines for about seven. So uh, it's, it's had everything to do with the change in that relationship. And it allows me to understand the degree to which we've been affected in childhood and our parents and their parents and on and on it goes. And yeah. this is why we talk about ancestral healing because it has been passed down, right? Yes. The whole it's blaming the parents down. thing is, is kind of a thing of the past now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at some point, we got to find compassion for our parents that have also gone through traumas. Exactly. Uh, they probably don't talk about them as much. Uh, that generation is a little, a little different. I don't think we knew then what was happening with this. And I think we're just starting to get a glimpse of that. But, um, you know, we also just trying to blame, blame our parents or, or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't really hold water anymore. And it's not going to ultimately heal those wounds. Um, if that blaming is continued, it's, it's kind of just keeping it going in, in a different dynamic. Um, and so finding that love and understanding that, that our parents and others and family members have gone through some horrific things. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, why, that's why they are who they are. Um, and, you know, I don't think any of them set out to hurt us. I, I really don't believe that. I think it's, Yes, there are some things that go on out there that are bad, but those people have been traumatized tremendously. That's why they do what they do. And um, we've got to be able to, to find that love and understand that um, part of healing this planet, not just ourselves, and, and really working towards a, uh, a more livable future for everybody is, gonna, is really going to take that. Um, not just here in this country, but again, around the world. Uh, because just imagine the war trauma and the sexual abuse and the horrific things that have gone on through history and, and how those continually get passed down. Um, and it's no wonder we are where we are. Um, oh right yeah. Now. Yeah. I mean, even cultures, you know, and you go back for far enough, right. And you'll find us all pretty much in the same spot. <laughs> That's right. So just some recent research that traced back our genetics all the way to Botswana. So yes, we've all been there and we've all still part of it, wherever yes. you are on the planet. <laughs> right. So when we talk about carrying these things around with us, I think what ayahuasca can do, which I think is the most powerful thing, is to um, help to break down those divides, you know, those things that we feel that separate us, that make us us and them and, and you know, just make it us, right? Right. It's been pretty powerful, the experiences, even on a personal level, um, like coming together. I remember I met this guy. My first medicine was Iboga. Oh, wow. That's a big one to start with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect for me, actually, where I was at, everything. You know, I was in severe depression and I needed that jolt. And I'd even worked up to it with a lot of shamanic training. So I was kind of ready. Uh, I had already realized that it was all about me looking at me. (laughs) So, um, but I, I met a guy there who uh, was detoxing from heroin abuse and, uh, and afterwards, you know, we got to know each other and, you know, you're in that great open space, right? It's wonderful. (laughs) And he used to laugh and say to me, you know, if you met me before now, you would hate me. (laughs) 
you mm. would. You'd be the type of person who would hate me. And it wasn't a judgment on me. It was a statement of the degree to which, you know, he'd changed already, you know? Yeah. And being able to recognize that that quickly. Um, it, and gosh, Iboga is really good at that. Just it's like reorganizing everything in your energetic system back to your core in a snap. And it's, um, it's quick and it's powerful. Uh, I've seen some heroin addicts come off and, you know, the, the next day again with just the smile and the eyes are bright, the shaking's gone. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even know this person. And I was so exceptionally proud of him because I just had a sense of what he'd gone through the night before. We all have that, right? When we share those experiences. And and I had changed too, because obviously I would have been a full of, more full of judgment person beforehand. And it was just yeah. showing. And, and I, I had this feeling that he was right. You know, I had a, a glimpse of the kind of person he was talking about you know, guy wise and, and, and how if we'd ever met a year before then that, you know, the clash would have been, you know, cataclysmic, right? <laughs> but it shows you the, the possibilities that exist with this medicine, how we can come together and drop those barriers and see ourselves instead of, you know, this kind of person or that kind of person, you know, two people just coming together to heal, right? That's exactly it. Yeah. And being, and, and having it happen that quick, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, just again, I don't know anything else that has been able to do that, especially when you're talking about these two different worldviews coming together mm-hmm. um, so quickly. Uh, it's just amazing. And I'm, I'm still amazed that it isn't being talked about more. <laughs> right. Even though it is, it's still like, what? Why is this not being out there more? Um, I, I mean, I think that this is one of the reasons that that I do the show is because all these things were happening and I thought this is, you know, world changing stuff. This could change mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And, and I think that there are people who want to talk about it. And I certainly did. And I was being encouraged to a great deal in every session that I had. Oh, yeah. Alaska, so. podcast. <laughs> well, it didn't, you know, actually the very first medicine, which was Iboga, I, the one burning question that I went in there with was, what is my purpose? You know, I thought I can, I think I can go back and do this life better. If only I know that there's something that's deeper and more meaningful that I'm pursuing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And did you get that answer very quick uh, during that session? Absolutely. I asked the question, what is my purpose? And two microphones showed up. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. Yeah, and one of them was a round universal microphone, like the one I'm speaking through right now. And the other one was oblong. And uh, even though I had an idea, I in my next session I asked, how do I use my voice to serve my purpose? And same microphones dropped in front of me. And the first one it said, speak. And the next one it said, sing. Wow. Yeah, and I haven't got around to the singing much, I have to admit. The, the speaking was hard enough. <laughs> Fair enough. And, you know, you will get to it when you get to it. Um, I mean, I, I'm putting it out there. I, I you know, any, <laughs> any musicians that want to work with me that, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm open to that. But Well, Iboga has a, a way of, I've always heard, like, you just ask Iboga anything and it will tell you what it <laughs> is or, or show you what it is. And, um, it's just so fascinating to me. I think ayahuasca has got a little bit different element to it, um, but iboga particularly, um, 
just ask it. You can ask it the meaning of the universe and boom, there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. In fact, you don't even have to ask. Once your mind goes there, it responds. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. would kind of tell me that, that we, again, have that innate knowing inside of us, uh, everybody. I don't think this is special to one individual or a handful of individuals that it is really encoded into our being. Uh, Absolutely. We are the universe. We, we tend to think of ourselves as separate from nature, which is absolute BS. Uh, yeah. We are nature. Even our yeah. cities are natural. We are the environment, right. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is what we need to kind of wake up to, that um, we are nature and we are creating this thing. So having that innate ability, again, to heal or to know these things. And again, I think we all have that innate ability to understand our purpose. We all have an individual purpose here that builds into the collective purpose. Sure. There's a reason that we have certain talents and that we are inclined in certain ways. It's, you know, nature doesn't make mistakes that way, I don't think. We may perceive them like that, but that's just not the way it is. And there's very little effort um, within our educational system to, to discover what talents people have. There's this really straight up, you know, uh, program of, you know, just basic academics and not, hey, let's, let's explore. Who are you? You know, what do you do well? <laughs> Instead of give the regular tests and see where they're at with math and English and, you know, a handful of other hopefully subjects. That's, hopefully that's changing a little bit. But, I, you know, in general, I think you're right. I think we're still operating under some uh, old systems that um, mm-hmm. are very outdated. Um, yeah. I think a lot of our education system is still based in, in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, quite honestly, you know, it's still a factory line, basically. Come on in, we're going to give you this cookie cutter thing, and this is the story, this is what you have to learn, and this is all you need. Good luck. <laughs> it's true, and so few of us really fit into that. I mean, yeah. There's many of us that can do well, but that doesn't mean that we've discovered, you know, who we are and and what our talents are and and what we're about, you know. And I really do hope that that's one of the main thing that comes out of this because there's something extremely important in that. And I think most people, um, I think uh, it's one of the reasons that we we love this superhero idea. You know, they have real purpose and. We so admire that, but you know, I think that we all have that capacity. We all have that special talent inside of us, our superpower, you know. And we yeah, just that's interesting. Speaking of superheroes, the the amount of television shows um, and Netflix and Amazon and everything else that have elements of superheroes and and this new mythology, I think that's kind of coming to the forefront. Um, yes. we'll speaking for a a new story to kind of understand our place and purpose. Um, I think there's there's more and more of that because we are really seeking that as a as a culture and a species. Um, our yep. old mythologies are no longer filling that role. Uh, they're not as complicated as we need them to be to understand our, our current mentality. And um, yeah. always Joseph Campbell's work on on the hero's journey. And the hero's journey is essentially talking about everybody's human change dynamic. Um, how do we go through this kind of cycle of self? And it's not about one particular person being the hero and the savior for everybody. It is showing us that we can all have that and find that within ourselves and find our superpowers. Right. Exactly. In fact, this came up on our last show. So it's really funny how when I created the intention for us to 
look at how you know we're affecting our own reality and and the nature of reality and our relationship with it that these stories keep coming up <laughs> and what Luis Luna and I were talking about is is how much it um, is a throwback um, to our original indigenous um, origins like all of us come from an indigenous culture of one kind or another we didn't just land in a modern culture right and so our ancestors all of our ancestors you know this was their way of life to communicate with this you know higher consciousness or spirits or whatever word you want to use you feel comfortable with and and that's how they navigated their world and i think we're getting back to that now and i think that's going to help a great deal Indeed. Yeah. Whether it's through the television or not, it's still, it's still part of us and in, in, in finding that story that, that resonates with us. Yeah. Right. And again, if that's where we're at, let's use that as a tool. Mm -hmm. I think you can use pretty much anything as a tool I've discovered. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, yeah. well, this is where I'm at. Okay. You're watching a movie mm -hmm. let it teach you something then let it reach inside you and, and bring out that next layer that's, that's ready to heal, you know? Absolutely. So um, we're going to sign off very soon. And um, I just uh, wanted to ask you if you want to let people know where they can reach you, um, if, if that's something you want to do. Sure, yeah. Well, we're kind of spread all over the place. Um, my personal website is uh, mitchschultz.net. Um, so you can find me there. Of course, from shocktoawe.com is where... We have not just the website for the, for the new documentary, but a bunch of other uh, interviews on there and other content for people to kind of go through. Um, the spiritmolecule.com is, is set up kind of the same way. We have all of our interviews up there. Um, we didn't just put out the film, but also wanted to share the rest of the interviews of these amazing people we spoke with. Right, that's great. Um, and then, you know, all the social media elements are, are on those pages as well. So you can check in and follow us and like us, hopefully, and get in, get more and more information we really try to kind of put out stuff that's relevant um you know to these particular topics and then a bunch of other stuff on my personal on my personal site so that's great thanks and i did want to mention that you know um part of integration too is just reconnecting with this kind of material that reminds us about the experience that we went through because i think it it, it helps to uh to support it to keep it going to remind us how powerful that was you know and what we can do with it and help us relive it in a way through others. Yeah. Peel yourself away from all this major media. It's, it's not doing us any good. We have a bunch of other stuff out there. I think that will help uh, do just that, kind of help reconnect you um, and, and you know, bring it back to you sometimes and, and remind you that we are more than just this kind of day-to-day -day 3D reality that we exist in. Yeah. Oh, there's so much more. Yeah. And um, thanks for joining me today. And for those of you who want to reach me, I'm at RebeccaHayden.com or you can email me at Rebecca.Hayden at gmail.com. And yeah, if you want to explore uh, integration through hypnosis, just get in touch and let me know. Thanks again, Mitch. And good luck with Shock to Awe. It, it sounds like an amazing film and I encourage everybody to check it out. Thank you so much for having me on and, and doing this podcast uh, and continuing the conversation, Rebecca. Thanks so much. Take care, Mitch. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.